guys, welcome back to another episode of the Big Apple School podcast, where the object of this show is to help you improve your listening skills and we can also discuss interesting topics. So today we're going to discuss the topic of music and we have three wonderful guests. Our first guest is Ken from the Philippines and Katya and Maria. So welcome, welcome. So music guys, are you guys music people? Well, it depends on <laughs> what we mean, but I guess so, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I like to listen to music. I can't perform music. I can't compose music, but I, I like listening to it. But when I ask, are you a music person? Do you regularly buy music? Do you listen to music? Buy music? Remember yeah. where we are? <laughs> Come on. But we still can. Yep. Okay. I do. I, I, I do. So... So well, what? actually, for example, as for me, I don't really listen to music. So, so how often do you listen to music? I don't know, like once every couple of weeks. Okay, so once like in a blue that. moon. R- right. Yep. It's a good... Very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yep. so, so is that an unspoken question? Like, what the hell are you doing here then? <laughs> yeah, well, okay. It's not a problem. So once every two weeks, and how do you listen to music usually? Well, I do have some sort of a playlist with the songs from like years and years back. So I very rarely update it. So and I usually listen to it when I have a walk. So I try to walk more now that it's summertime, you know. So and when I'm kind of tired of podcasts or something like that, I just listen to some music. So And do you listen to music with lyrics? You mean I listen and read? No, since I do it, you know, while I'm on the walk. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to do, you know, unless you want to bump into somebody or... Well, the reason why I'm asking about lyrics is because some people like to use music with lyrics to improve their language skills. I mean, when you Hmm. were learning English at your... Yeah, when when you were learning English, did you use music to help you with your English? As for me, probably I didn't, but I still remember some songs by heart because I tried to translate them. For example, I still remember The Show Must Go On by Queen by heart because I once uh, had an attempt to translate it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With music, actually, it's fun because I don't listen to music much these days, but that's how I started learning English back in the day. Yeah. So I really got into uh, some music like Three Days Grace, you know, all that pop punk of 2007 and everything and that's how i got interested in english yeah and i was like i have no idea what they're singing about so but it sounds good right but it does yeah. it did yeah so that's how i started my english journey who would have thought you know uh it, it, it's interesting how they use music to learn a language whereas in my case um well i'm still trying to learn russian my own way <laughs> <laughs> i don't go to any you know russian course um, I even tried to memorize some songs. I don't know exactly what they're about, but I know the lyrics. <laughs> like, Bolnani budits nyebavada mwishashlibin. Wait, wait, one second. Mwishashlibi I don't know if I'm even pronouncing the words correctly, but yeah. it's a song by Alexeyev called Navsigda, which translates to English as forever. You see? Well, the, the, <laughs> thi- the thing that's interesting is that in English, a lot of songs do not make sense. Yep. And that's the problem yeah. with it. Whereas in that's other cultures... I guess it's any language. Yeah. Well, not necessarily, because I've heard... I don't study Japanese, I've never learnt Japanese, but there's a famous 
YouTuber who is called Matt versus Japan, and he discusses how he learned Japanese at a really high level. And he interviewed this American guy who also speaks excellent Japanese. And he is a famous singer in Japan. And he noted that in, Jap- in Japan, the lyrics of songs make sense. They tend to have a, a linear storyline and mm-hmm. you can follow along with most Maybe songs. Maybe it depends on the genre because uh, like, uh, if it is a pop song, it doesn't necessarily make any sense. It just should have a catchy rhythm and yeah. tune and uh, simple um, rhyming. Right. Well, this, this guy he interviewed, well, he is kind of like a pop genre. He's like a J- Japanese celebrity. But most, mm-hmm. I do agree, yeah, most pop songs make absolutely no sense <laughs> whatsoever. Stupid. I mean, you know. <laughs> and also sometimes it can be dangerous to try to study a language uh, by using songs, for example, in English, because they can have mistakes. Um Maybe deliberate mistakes, maybe accidental mistakes. And yeah. that's what I sometimes tell my students, like to pay attention true, to this. True. For example, once I was teaching this what second conditional and uh, I said like, mm, you cannot use uh, what? Uh, I, I don't remember how I put it. Like you can't use uh, would after if. Like you can't say if yeah. I would because it goes into two separate clauses. But then a student told me about a song by the group Alice in Chains, and he was like, uh, it says this. And Explain was, this. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, okay, it's for the sake of poetry. Right. Well, it's like, you know, all those he don't and so on. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah, the rap genre really makes a lot of use of the continuous and of other structures. For instance, I be like this. And it doesn't make I'm sense. I'm going to be, I'm be, be like this. Well, yeah, it's yeah. be like that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or, for example, state verbs. Uh, for example, love, it, it's supposed to be a state verb. You can't use it in the continuous form. But a lot of singers sing like, I'm loving you, I'm still loving you, and yeah, so on. Right. And I'm like, you can use it in songs, but not in an exam. Yeah. And the thing when teaching grammar, there's, there's another thing to notice is that some rules are meant to be broken. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, that's so, kind of frustrating because I yeah. studied traditional grammar and sometimes whenever I... Uh, explain a grammatical item i really make that clear well it used to be like this and yeah. it should be like this yeah, in yeah. my opinion but well um, be- before you evolves. break the rules you should learn the rules yeah and music has evolved the way people speak in many ways mm-hmm. so yeah modern english is basically just rap music <laughs> <laughs> if you think about it <laughs> yeah so Guys, enjoy your lyrics, enjoy listening to songs, but use it mainly for vocabulary. Maybe don't mm-hmm. use it for for sentence structures or for yeah, other things. That's a things. good tip, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially the Beatles. I mean, the stuff they love their songs, but the stuff mm-hmm. they sing about is absolutely crazy if you think about you it. You mean the themes? Yeah, the, the themes topic. and it just everything is disjointed, mm-hmm. meaning that... Huh. Things are not easy. They were experimenting a lot. Absolutely. For instance, Maxwell's Silver Hammer. Like, (laughs) do you know that song? Bang, bang, Maxwell, Silver Hammer. Be sure that he was dead. I mean, most of these songs were, I mean, maybe they were on drugs or something. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah. So use it for vocabulary, not for (laughs) grammar. For grammar necessarily. Um, Okay, well... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> did, did any yeah. of you learn to play an instrument as a child? I did not. And 
I just I'm very surprised and I feel a true respect uh, for people who can play, who can make some sounds with the help of an instrument. It's like, for me, it's just wow. Yeah. When I was a kid, I said, okay, sign me up. I'm going to go to classes and I'm going to play piano. And then I actually, I think I went to one single class and said, you know what? I'm not going to do that. So we already have one person in my family. So that's my sister. She's a pianist. So, and back in the day, she was actually choosing uh, what to major in music or math. Mm-hmm. And she was seriously contemplating that. So when she chose math, but she still plays, you know, she still knows her thing. Oh, piano. Right. And can she, do you know what it means to sight read? Can she um, read a musical score and just play the piano just by reading the musical score? It's, it sounds really strange to sight read because obviously you read using sight. <laughs> sounds funny, but that means you can play the piano if someone just gives you a musical score and you can just play the piano. The score, it's like all those. Yeah, super, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, wow. So she can just play if. You just put the score in front of her. She can just play I mean, from sight. 12 years of music school and music college. Yeah, she can. That's impressive. Yeah. She has lost some of her skills. So, for example, she used to be able to play Rachmaninoff, which is one of the most difficult uh, pieces to play in general because he had incredibly long fingers. You knew, you know that with one hand, he could cover 11 keys mm-hmm. on a piano. So she used to be able to play some of his pieces and now, since she hasn't practiced as much as she used to, she she cannot. But still, yeah, you put that in front of her, she can play. So wow. if you have small hands, maybe you could just bite from <laughs> fingernails or something to improve your piano finesse. Have your piano customized for you. Yeah. Right. Little Baby keys. piano. <laughs> yeah, when I was a kid, my, my parents made me do um, piano lessons. And actually, it was the start, I hated it. And then later, I quite enjoyed it. To start with, I had a teacher who was very strict. And whenever I made a mistake on the piano, she would grab my finger and... (laughs) And And break it. Yeah, (laughs) break it. (laughs) And put it on the right key. And that uh, did it discourage you? To be honest, I didn't really want to to, Mm, Well, in the first place. Yeah, Yeah, in the first place. Then later on, I enjoyed it more and more. But do you feel it's useful to... to, um, give children a education with musical instruments or do you think it's just not particularly important i just believe that any education is useful and it develops your brain uh, so if a child or a person has an ear to music then yeah mm-hmm. but if they don't hmm, why why just mm. don't force them yeah that's that's a good one in general you know it should be voluntary if a kid wants to let them do that but if they don't don't force them into doing anything I was when I was growing up, I didn't have any sort of hobbies. I didn't go to any sort of like art classes, music, sport, nothing like that. Well, I prefer to believe that I turned out fine. You know? Yeah, yeah, very cultural. <laughs> yeah, you like arty stuff. Yeah. Um, well, what are your favorite instruments? I would say the piano, um, the guitar, um, oh, the violin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, do you know what the difference is between a violin and a viola? Viola is a bigger one, isn't it? I think it's smaller, actually. A viola? Or is, is it... I, th- I don't know. Let us Wait, know in the comments. Viola, what's... cello, um, Cello violin. is a big one. So, cello, you put... Oh, okay. So, cello's the big one. Double bass is even bigger. And then, I don't know 
the difference between the violin and the viola in terms of size? Well, guys, let us know in the I comments. We need a, a music a musician to let us know. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my favorite instruments are the Spanish guitar. In terms of the sound. The sound, yeah. yeah. In terms of yeah, the sound. Yeah, guitar sounds cool. Wait, Spanish what is, guitar. What is the difference between guitar and Spanish guitar? Strings, yeah. How many uh, strings? Yeah, it's a type of strings, I believe. Like Spanish guitar has seven strings, no? I'm not too sure, actually, but I just love the sound of it. <laughs> okay, yeah. Sounds great. I made it counting, so I... <laughs> and what's the difference between a accordion, well, bayan and accordion? What's the difference between those two? I think the accordion has more buttons, or yeah. whatever you call them. So, so do they have the, do they have the circular buttons? Yeah, uh, I think so. Accordion, and bayan, I think it has the, the rectangular ones. Yeah. So in English, we just say an accordion, but... I guess accordion comes from probably France. Yeah. So I like I like the sound of the accordion. It sounds mm-hmm. pretty nice. Also, do you know what the harpsichord is? The what? Harpsichord. I'm trying to remember how it looks like. It's like a t- it's is a it piano. A- it's a piano. Oh, okay. It's a type of piano, but it has like oh. a more kind of stringy sound to it. I was thinking of something else. <laughs> yeah. I'm very bad with names of music instruments, yeah. to be honest. So to be honest, none of us here are, are experts, but. Yeah, let uh, us know if you've yeah, seen it. Let's move on to the yeah. next one. Because <laughs> it's like, what about the preferences, that, the genres, I, yeah. all that? Well, we're talking yeah. about something that we're not experts of or like not knowledgeable Well, maybe of. you're an expert on karaoke. Are you a karaoke <laughs> expert? You know, what's funny is, um, even though my voice is terrible, and I admit that I sound like a dying cat when I sing, but I love singing. I, lo- I love going to karaoke. I used to have um, uh, 100 as a score, but that was when... Uh, when I was a kid, um, but I don't even believe in it. I mean, I, I don't <laughs> know that it's really a hundred, but anyway. Yeah. So. Well, you have mentioned in many of our episodes that you are a fan of karaoke. So when was the last time you actually went to karaoke? Well, I think that was before the pandemic, 2019. <gasps> the Kakao Lounge, if you know this place. Three years. Yeah. Three. Oh. But there's karaoke at home. <laughs> I mean, you know, I sing mm-hmm. every day, so. <laughs> Do you sing in the shower? and Not in the shower, but, well, in my living room while preparing for my lesson. Is the or... acoustics better? Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So why is karaoke so popular in Russia? Is it though? It is. Yeah, there are many karaoke bars. I mean, outside my window from my apartment, there's a karaoke bar and... It's very popular here. I think I remember it used to be really popular when they started to sell those. Mm. You know, you would buy a CD, you would buy, you know, this sort of a book, you know, with the numbers and codes and everything. And then you would just install everything in your own apartment and you would enjoy and your neighbors would totally hate it. I remember at least in Ikutia when I was a kid, that was so popular when it disappeared. I guess because it's so cold outside and people need something to do. I mean, you know... You gather, you have a gathering, you have a drink, and then you're like, you know what that what can be a good idea? Just sing. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Russian people were at some point interested in the Japanese culture because we like sushi, we like karaoke. Yep. I don't know. Maybe it is kinda interconnected. Perhaps. Yeah. So are you so are you a good singer, Katya? I actually used to go to singing classes for like a year. All right. But I wouldn't say I am. Like, I mean, I can, but I don't think I'm a good singer. I, I'm thinking uh, uh, if 
uh, it can help us as teachers. I just think that if we develop our voices, it can help us be better at, well, uh, holding classes, probably. Entertaining students. Because they can do warm up before your lesson. So you sing and then you come to class and you perform in another way. And believe it or not, I sometimes sing during the lesson, whether my students like it or not. It's, you know, they have no choice. To be honest. Because sometimes uh, I try to relate it to a certain song. So if there's uh, a topic and then yeah. I, I remember a song and then I try to sing it to them. The others, they're kind of amused. They give me a smile. I don't know what the smile is about. <laughs> I is hope it it's... Oh, this cool smile. Oh, God, please stop smile. <laughs> have you, o- have they, they ever sung along? Uh, yes, f- for others who recognize the song, <laughs> because sometimes I sing a song, it's popular, but the others like, what song is that? <laughs> and, then, and then I tell them, okay, because maybe I'm not singing it properly. Let me just play it to you. So I mean, and then they recognize, ah, that song. Yeah, it can be a really useful tool. I mean, when I was learning very, very, very basic Russian, I came to Krasnodar and I did a little Russian course. And the teacher was this older lady who sang little children's songs like, me, little boy, buzz me, minya, saboy. Oh, this is Dun- not a children's song. It's yeah. not a children's song. It's a folk song. Well, okay, oh. so... She sang that to us and that song stuck, got stuck in our heads. You know, I actually have a story. So you know how in American universities before the beginning of the semester, you have some sort of a fair where, you know, the representatives of different departments stand and they answer questions of potential students and everything. And there was so we were there with a professor of mine. So, you know, presenting the courses at the Russian department. And there was a girl who came, you know, to to the stall She's like, you know what? I've always wanted to study Russian. We're like, oh, that's cool. Well, come on in. If you if you actually get to Wellesley, please do. And we're like, why? And she said, my mom used to sing this song to me. And she remembers the song. And she she has no idea what it is. But she actually remembers the lyrics and everything. And she sang it to us. And I'm like, oh, my God. How did you even learn that without having zero knowledge of a language? And then she enrolled into our Russian 101 course because of that. And once we were having a, you know, like a Russian dinner or something. And she's like, Katya, I need your help. There is this song my mom used to sing to me as well. I don't remember the lyrics, but I do remember the tune. And she started to sing it. And it took about two days for me to understand what the song was because I couldn't remember. You know, it was it was kind of, you know, on the tip of my tongue, but I couldn't remember what it was. And then I remembered and I'm like, I think I know what song it is. And I turned it on. She was crying. Wow. Oh, that she's like, yes, that is it. And in... Well, in the beginning, you know, the songs that her mom used to sing to her were the reasons she got enrolled in Russian, in a Russian course. Oh. Yeah. How lovely. <laughs> <laughs> it is. So, but you said that song, well, songs can stick in people's heads. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And why do they stick in people's heads? It's because there's a, there's a big emotional connection right. to two songs. And if you can use the same approach with vocabulary, it can really help you remember more and more words. Uh, This is how I remembered uh, the Japanese numbers from 1 to 10 because we were taught a song. Actually, happy birthday. Ich ni san yon. Like from, you know, from the melody of happy birthday to you. So it helps in remembering words. Yeah. Well, some songs stick, you know, because of the tune. It's just so, you know... 
so nice. Catchy, you have, yeah. Yeah, they're so catchy. I think there is even a word for that, like an earworm. Mm-hmm. When the word, mm-hmm. when the song gets stuck in your head, you're like, ah, mm-hmm. you can't just stop singing or humming or whatever. Yeah. You can't get it out of your head. Well, I mean, when you think about words that you just remember for some random reason, it's because there is some kind of emotional connection to it. I, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but I was thinking a while ago, why do I remember the word agnetushitil? Mm-hmm. And I never use this, but for some reason... You're emotionally st- attached? Well, there must be some <laughs> kind of emotional well, attachment okay, firstly, to the... What does that mean? <laughs> Fire, Fire extinguisher. extinguisher. Oh, okay. So I don't from really, a song? From a song or from something, but trying to relate um, how music sticks in your head to remembering vocab and languages. Uh-huh. And I just thought, I never use this word. Why do I remember it? For some reason, you just remember And you it. must have been in a certain place at a certain time. There must have been a certain smell in the air or mm-hmm. something that stimulates your emotions or brain waves or something. And that's, yeah, that's why words stick in your head sometimes. And if you can't remember a word, you have to find a way to give it some kind of emotional stimulation, right. whether it be through music or through other methods like i don't know torturing yourself or <laughs> or something like that yeah well moving on so as a teenager who were your favorite bands and artists oh my god backstreet boys of course <laughs> spice girls you've seen that coming NSYNC. huh <laughs> yeah i love them oh and this um danish band called michael learns to rock um they're only popular in scandinavia and asia hmm. unfortunately not all over the world but they have they um, pop? soft rock, uh-huh. pop rock songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do they still exist? They're still active, yeah. Mm-hmm. But from four to three, because one left the band. Oh. As usual, like the case in most bands. Yeah, of course. Yeah, wow. so soft rock. So. It was when you were like, what, 13 or something? Even earlier, when I was six, seven. Aww. Yeah. How did you and listen to them? Did you use CDs or tape cassettes or... From the radio. <laughs> yeah. And eventually when my mom got to Japan and, you know, we could afford to buy CDs, of course, through CDs and cassette tapes eventually. Yeah. But before, yeah, just the radio because we we couldn't afford to buy cassette tapes or yeah. CDs. We remember all stages of music, yeah, cassettes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, CDs, uh, and... MP, MP3, yeah. you know. Yeah. I remember when I had my very, very first MP3 player. It was amazing. Ooh. I was, what, 14, 13? And it was very basic. It had a double A battery that would go inside it. And it could only hold about, I think it was 256 megabytes. If even, maybe even 64 megabytes. Oh, so like, those were the days. <laughs> yeah. So Backstreet Boys. Yep. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rock your body. I'm so sorry this, for this all song, the listeners. This okay? song got really popular again, um, you know, recently because of Instagram and TikTok, actually. Yeah. So a lot of songs. Do. A lot of songs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'm looking at you, Katya. So what's your... So when I was a teen, <laughs> I, was, I was really into rock music, you know, like Three Days Grace, Billy Talent. Oh my God. Loved all of that. So I still love Billy Talent. Oh, he's great, yeah. And it was funny because um, when I was 13, I got into a new school, you know, away from my ghetto to a really nice school with nice people. 
And a classmate of mine, she kind of introduced uh, some music to me, and that was Scape, or rather Escape. Uh, it's a Spanish band, you know, in the ska style. And it was kind of, you know... Oh, was, reggae ska, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. it was more of a ska than reggae. So, and the thing is that when you listen to that, it was really energizing. So, and we would just learn the lyrics, having absolutely zero knowledge of Spanish whatsoever. And we would, you know, walk around the school and just sing the songs. So, and later, when I actually started learning Spanish, I'm like, wait a second, I used to listen to that. OMG. So I found, you know how you listen to a song, you have no idea what it's about. So, and then you actually find out what it's about. And then it's... You got disappointed. Yeah. But in this case, I was kind of shocked because, you know, the music is so energizing, but they sing about the inequality, the greedy politicians, the Holocaust and all that. Wow. And well, like, actually, Damn. a lot of songs are misunderstood because of the uh, catchy and energetic tune. A lot of songs are misunderstood. And I was like, damn, that's some serious music. I still love them, though. Like They have really deep ideas, even though they haven't been performing for like years and years and years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're looking well, at me I'm looking now. at you. Yeah. I'm looking <laughs> at you. Well, I guess when I was a teenager, I already liked rock music. I guess I took over my father because he uh, used to listen to Russian rock, uh, like Nautilus, Kino. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, like Nautilus is, uh, yeah. I saw posters for Nautilus. I don't know if they... Maybe they were coming to Novosibirsk. I can't remember. But they saw... don't exist as this band anymore, I guess, uh, because uh, the frontman uh, formed another group. Yeah. Another band. Yeah, and well, I listened to when when I when I was a kid, I listened to what my parents used to listen because my father had this big like acoustic system, yeah. and well, I just couldn't escape. Mm. Yeah. And well, you know, that's not the bad music to it is a listen good to. Yeah, type of so music. Yes, yeah, so I'm. Yeah, yeah. I guess it kind of form, formed me. Uh, yeah. Also, Vysotsky, if you know yeah, Vladimir who Vysotsky, he was, yeah. uh, that's what um, the Beatles, Pink Floyd. That's what he liked, and mm-hmm. so I guess it kind of formed me as a person who loves rock music in any subgenre of rock music, yeah, almost wow. any mm-hmm. subgenre. I have a question. Yeah, go on. So we kind of have touched upon the genres and everything. And there is one genre which I don't know how to explain and how to translate that. So maybe you'll be able to help. Because in Russia, we have the genre as chanson. Yes. But it's different from the French one where it's actually originated. So and usually I have no idea how to explain that. Like, it's not really prison music, although... It does it's have. a criminal subgenre. I mean, I was going to get on to talking about different genres in there. You have the, a special let's, let's, <laughs> section for can, this. Yeah, <laughs> whole, yeah, but but nonetheless, we can talk about chanson. So chanson, I would say it's like a criminal sub-element, or it has an element of criminality to it. It's something. Well, it was when did it come about? In the nineties. I I guess yes, earlier. Earlier, early eighties, yeah, nineties, yeah. but not before the eighties. And of course, no, uh, most musicians uh, were not really prisoners. Yeah, like Mikhail Krug. I mean, absolutely amazing artist. I mean, this that's pers- how Benjamin learned some of his Russian. Seriously, <laughs> seriously, his yeah, his songs are really good. And he never went to prison. I don't believe he ever went to prison. But he. The reason why I remembered about that is that my dad used to love. Well, my dad loved this music, and I remember once we had a road trip from Yakutia to Novosibirsk, six days in a car. 
And when you're traveling throughout Russia, you know, especially yeah. if it's 2011, you can't really listen to the radio because there is no reception. Yeah, in the middle of nowhere. But we did have one or two CDs with chanson. So we had no choice <laughs> but to listen to that for six days <laughs> straight. What The reason why I love his songs is because, well, the music, the, the instruments are really gaudy. What I, what I mean by gaudy, it's like they're really tacky. They're not very, they, they, they just have this kind of, synth sound to it they sound quite cheap but i love it and it's just i love the sound of his and his lyrics are really intelligent i've always been interested how you were introduced to mikhail krug songs who yeah gave you this imprinting good question because obviously i did not having no russian family i never (laughs) had a family member introduce mikhail krug to me but i think i came across him when i went to krasnodar back in 2013 sounds about right yeah, and I saw, uh, I think I must have seen him on TV or something and or may, definitely probably heard him on a bus journey or something. I don't know, but I love his songs. They're so intricate. There's so many yeah. li- words to learn from it. Um, I guess yeah. we have even special TV channels, radio channels, uh, which are specializing in yeah. chanson. yeah. But he, he, broadcasting he is chanson. a gem and I bought some CDs of his and I brought them back to the UK and and sometimes um, I would borrow my parents' car to drive because I didn't have a car in, in the UK and I borrowed their car and I left his CDs in my parents' car and they were driving one day and they, I think they said, what, what is this crap? <laughs> what are we listening to? But I think it's amazing. It's Yeah, it's gold. Maybe if you just listen to it um, for the sound, maybe you might not enjoy it. Maybe I don't know. you just have good memories uh, connected to his songs, and yeah. th- that's why. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I said I bought CDs, so yeah. I actually helped Mr. Mikhail Krug, even though he's unfortunately dead. Mm-hmm. He was killed by burglars, I think it was in 2000. Probably helped his widow. So too. probably helped his widow, but... Unfortunately, um, and I definitely play a part in this, a lot of music is illegally downloaded. downloaded. I know. So what are, what are the effects on musicians of music piracy and downloading? You know, I don't think they actually affected that much. Because, you know, if back in the day they used to get a lot of their income from selling the CDs, the vinyl, whatever... Now it's the age of digital things. So right. I still think they, they get some sort of uh, money from the streaming services. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we have the SoundCloud, we have the Spotify and everything. Because people do not really buy anything these days. Yeah, I mean, true. we do pay for the subscriptions. Mm-hmm. And I guess they get, you know, some sort of interest from that. But I remember reading an article about uh, some music industry and some of the musicians claiming that we don't care if our music gets pirated. Because we get more from the concerts, from fans, from selling the merch. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say that. There are other forms of earning money. Exactly. So, which means that the amount of money they will lose by people pirating is unnoticeable. It's insignificant. And kind of compensated with other forms of income. Probably major music labels lose more money uh, when mm-hmm. people download music illegally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I to be to be very honest, I don't feel guilty when I download an MP3 from YouTube. I don't either. Yeah, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but a lot of people say, well, not a lot of people, but some people say that it's 
it's irresponsible. It's it's rude. It's not supporting the music industry. What, like what you do you are say? stealing from someone's pocket. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, please. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you know, it's usually the conglomerates who say that. You know, like you have your billions. Relax. Mm-hmm. Well, there was this musician called Beck. I don't know if if you've heard of. Oh, Beck. I know mm-hmm. one of his songs. Yeah. Loser. I used to sing it. Yeah. I'm a loser, baby. So why yeah. don't you kill me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> not exactly a great song, but you know. But recently, I, I know Beck. A, a few years ago, he released not a song, but he released the musical score for a song, so people could play his song. And he didn't even release his song himself. So it's like it was kind of almost like a pioneer, almost in in a way of distributing his music. It wasn't via his own, yeah, his own recordings or via record label, but via, yeah, people being able to play it themselves. So, but people, I think, could buy that score. So, yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> um, anyway, we yeah. illegally download. Yeah, we illegally download. And, remember, yeah. Guilty. Yeah. like... Yep. Are you an RR pirate or a Yoho pirate? I'm a I'm not paying for my music pirate. <laughs> but I remember I had a friend actually. He back in the day of do you know LimeWire? Yes. LimeWire. Okay, so it's not a torrent. It is a torrent platform. It this this was popular back in the 2000s, at least in the UK and in the West. LimeWire was this platform where you could legally download torrents and music. And I had a friend um, who downloaded a lot of illegal music, and one day the police knocked on his door. Wow! I couldn't this is only it. possible in the Western world. Yeah, you know? like I could imagine that happening in the US, in I the mean, UK. I, most people would not have the police knocking on their door for illegally downloading music, but I think he downloaded an extremely large quantity. Ah, uh, so they kind of thought that he might be redistributing that Perhaps. to somebody I else. I can't remember the fine details because it was a while ago. But yeah, he his parents got like a fine of several thousand pounds. I know it's still a case, you know, in the US, if you download a lot of things like legally or something, uh, well, at least when you're, let's say, on your campus territory. So since all of that traffic goes, you know, through the campus and everything. So I know about some people who down, were downloading the films or something like that. And then they got a visit from the campus po, campus police saying, you know what, you can't really do that. So please stop unless we'll have to report that to the authorities. Yeah. So so wait, wait. So the, the police had, I guess, access to their ISP, the internet service provider. Well, I mean, Maybe. when you're on campus, you know, you all use one Wi-Fi. So yeah. I guess so. I guess they do have access to all that. Yeah. I mean, if you use VPN, then it's another story. Then Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, let us know if you like to download music <laughs> illegally. <laughs> we won't tell you. Yeah, anyone. yeah. It's, it's okay. I don't, think, I, I don't think the Russian government um, prosecutes people for downloading... <laughs> music illegally i mean maybe they do but i don't know um so yeah let's talk about concerts have you ever been to a rock concert yeah or to any musical concert yeah, a couple of times yeah yeah go on tell us which ones mm, i was in bitva concert and oh. zveri concert like it was recently uh, before i had been to some other concerts but it's the most recent 
experience of mine. So I guess I've heard it's very, it means what beasts, doesn't uh, it? Kind of, or yeah. animals, I would say. But yeah. uh, there is a, the group, uh, the animals, yeah. which uh, dates back to maybe the 1970s. And yeah. it is maybe British, I'm not sure, maybe American. But Zveria, yeah. they're like pop rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very, very light version of yeah. pop rock. So are they are they kind of wild rockers? Do they? No, they are actually pretty intellectual and calm. Oh, that's funny. Because a lot of rockers were absolute animals. Not just the name of their band. I guess it were... depends <laughs> on the subgenre of rock. Because rock is big. It's like an umbrella. So are you familiar with Keith Moon? So there's this band called The Who. I never really listened to them, but they were big, I think, in the 60s. And Keith Moon was like the epitome of a rock star. He was the drummer for this band. And he, yeah, the band made a lot of money, very famous all over the West. And he would go absolutely wild at concerts. And he was always like absolutely messed up with drugs and alcohol. And he would do all sorts of things. But even more notably was what he did in his hotel rooms. <laughs> he apparently, you can buy his biography. It's a really interesting, hilarious biography. But his hobby was buying dynamite oh. and putting it in toilets and hotel rooms and exploding the toilets. <laughs> and he's bizarre. I'm... And he was banned from a lot of hotels. Definitely read it up on his Wikipedia page. Keith Moon, K-E-I-T-H-M-O-O-N really interesting Mm. really funny and i would have loved to have gone to one of his concerts but apparently one of his concerts he was so drunk and so out of it on drugs that he couldn't play the drums and the um the band invited a member of the audience to come on the stage and to finish the drum set for him (laughs) i think it's such a lot of disrespect it is disrespect it is i mean to be honest it is funny but it's a huge it's amount of disrespect. It's funny when you read about it, probably, but when you paid and when you were yeah. waiting... Yeah. Well, it depends on what you were waiting for, of course, but... Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It is disrespectful. I guess in hindsight, it's absolutely hilarious. But if oh, you're actually there... Phrase. Yeah, in hindsight... Yeah, so in hindsight means when you're looking back um, at the past. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, tell me, what other concerts have you been to? Um, pop concerts in the Philippines by oh, yeah. some pop bands. And um, I remember one when it was my birthday. So I paid for the tickets to my friends. We had a really good fun um, because back then um, I was that kind of person. Although now I hardly ever go to concerts. I only go to free concerts. <laughs> Unless it's Christina Aguilera, then it's a different story. I'll definitely pay for that. Yeah, Christina Aguilera. How much do you think she charges for concert tickets? Um, I would imagine it really exorbitant. I mean, although she's not a big name, I guess, anymore today, but... Um, Still, I would expect like several hundred dollars. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, several hundred... Would you pay several hundred dollars to go to a concert? Depends on who. Mm-hmm. I don't know, 50 cents or... <laughs> <laughs> 50 cents is the amount of money I'd pay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think it depends. If I'm, let's say, somewhere... In the US, you know, like on big place and that's somebody really famous. Yeah, sure. Why not? Who would you pay for um, with that kind of amount? Well, I mean, if I had a chance to go to a Three Days Grace 2007 edition, totally would pay for that. Mm -hmm. But those times are gone. So I don't know. 
I would kind of like to visit at least, you know, like any sort of any concert by this point of anyone famous. Mm. Mm-hmm. I sometimes ask my, my students uh, what concert uh, they would like to visit uh, if they could, uh, no matter if the person is now dead or alive. For example, I would like to visit Queen's concert. Yeah. Oh, that, that beat everything. Um, but it's not possible well, actually, anymore. Actually, no, they are still performing, even though, you know, in a different... Mm, it's not... It's not the same. Uh, I have a friend who's a huge fan of Queens. Queen or Queen? Queen, Queen, Queen. Yeah. And uh, they were recently performing in the UK and she flew all the way to from Canada to the UK and she visited 14 out of 15 gigs they were given in the UK. Oh, wow. So 14 concerts she's Quite expensive, to. isn't it? Wow. Well... <laughs> what is money to a fan, you know? And the thing is that they made it... So she was not traveling alone. So she was with some friends and they were all wearing Argentina T-shirts. They were not from Argentina. They are from like Canada and other countries. And they were always coming first. So they were in the front row, you know, right there at the stage. So if you look at the photos from any of the gigs from the UK, she's there. She's a Argentinian queen. <laughs> so really, she's a huge fan. Yeah, my my favorite concert I went to. Really lucky, I got a ticket to you know Gorillas. Yeah, of yeah, course. sure, absolutely love them. Amazing, they but, are cool. And Damon Albarn is cool. Yeah, he's a very cool and guy. Blur is also a cool yeah, band. His voice is amazing. Yeah, Blur exactly. He was originally in yeah, Blur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was quite interesting because I didn't actually see any of them. It was an electronic concert, so they were oh. hiding behind the stage somewhere. Oh. Their concept, it's their concept. And yeah. Damon Albarn was the first person who introduced such a band. Yeah. It's like an electronic um, digit animation yeah, on the stage. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. I saw it in Camden Town in London, as you know, Katia. Oh, and it's it was, the mecca for all the quirky people. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Camden Town is... Love I was, Camden. If you can describe it in one word, I'd say goth. Because there's so many goths there. And I so, won't. I'd say it's just would, quirky. Oh, it is quirky. Like, I, mean, I mean, goth. For sure. It's, there's I, so many I goths there. I wouldn't limit it to that. I mean, what about all the punks, you know? Yeah. Or punk goths, yeah. Everything. That, yeah, I emo. don't know. Camden is just way more than that. Oh, God, Obviously, it's more, way more than just goths, but yeah. Every time I went to... So I've been to London three times. Every time I spend most of my time in Camden, I just love the atmosphere and the vibe. Yeah. Kind no. of, you know, you kind of go in there, you're like, I'm going to fit no matter what. Yeah. Well, a lot of musicians play concerts around that era. So yeah. What about musicals? Have you guys ever... I hate musicals. Really? <laughs> I can't believe yeah. it. You know what? I do I do yeah. not like musicals at all. Yeah. So TV shows that are musicals, no, not my thing. Absolutely not. But I once visited The Phantom of the Opera and yeah. it is a musical. It is. It? it is. Andrew Lloyd Webber. I loved it. I absolutely loved in it. In English. Yeah. Because yeah. I visited it in Russian in Moscow when it was first released and I also loved it. I don't know why. Maybe it was also, you know, the influence of the place I was at because it was in London as well, yeah. you know. But I just loved it. I remember my school had a trip to the Phantom of the Opera, the musical. And um, in the theatre, I don't know if you have this in Russia, but in England, in some theatres, you can find little binoculars. You have to put like 10p or 50p. Oh, it's one pound. Or now. one pound, probably more now. And there's these little binoculars that are stored mm-hmm. under the seats. And you put a coin into the receiver or whatever it is. 
and you can get the binoculars. Mm -hmm. And I was watching the Phantom of the Opera with my schoolmates, and I was so bored. Mm -hmm. And I had I had wow. a pen with me, and I was so impressed with what I did. I had the pen, and I took the pen lid, and I put it inside the coin slot for these binoculars. I got some free binoculars. Criminal. Yeah, I put the binoculars back, but <laughs> yeah, that was the only thing I remember. And since that time, you hate musicals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Ken, tell me about They're your favorite. Really interesting. Um, I love the sound of music. If I'm not mistaken, um, it's a movie musical from the 1960s with Julie Andrews. Yeah. Uh, the the hills are alive with the sound of music, and if you know. A doe, a deer, a female mm -hmm. deer. It's from that movie musical. They're very interesting. And also it comes with a story. So it's not just all about music. Yeah, I'm not hating on people who like musicals. It's just not my cup of tea. Oh, well. But yeah. Do people actually say that? I say it. A lot of people, I mean, a lot of people do say it. Okay. Yeah, you could say it's not my cup of tea. Right. <laughs> yeah, it is. I, I, I guess I you're talking. asking that because it sounds a bit stereotypically English. Like, um... There's some idioms that we do not use. For instance, um, it's raining cats and dogs. I mean, because I recently heard somewhere that you know, usually people would just these days rather say, oh, "It's not my thing." Yeah, you can say I'm it's not, not my thing. thing. Like, I'm not into it. You yeah. can say that as well. Yeah, you said that with a British accent. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's let's go into genres, individual genres. We talked about Russian chanson, um, classical music do love it yeah i actually remember so i don't know i don't know much about it so uh but i remember a couple of years ago you know before the pandemic those pre-pandemic days so i was working at wellesley college you know at the department of russian language so and we had a field trip to boston opera house and thank god i had an amazing department they paid for our tickets you know and the man who was performing Uh, his name was Daniel Trifonov, and he is a genius, no less. So and he's one of very few people who can actually perform Rachmaninoff's Concerto Number no. Three with orchestra, and that's what he played that night. And that was the first time in my entire life when I was listening to classical music and crying. Like, I couldn't hold the tears. And the way I was mesmerized by the way his fingers were moving, it's, it was as if he, he didn't have any bones, you know? You're just like, gliding. So, yeah, and... Again, this is Rachmaninoff. Not many musicians in the world can play that so effortlessly that he seemed to do. So I was yeah. just uh, shocked. Yeah, I don't frequently listen to classical music, but I love it and it is... I guess it's the basic. Mm -hmm. The basic thing. And, you know, a lot of a lot of rock musicians uh, incorporate uh, classical music into their songs. For example, I adore Muse. I really do. I love mm -hmm. them so much. And I guess that Matthew Bellamy's favorite composer is probably Rachmaninoff. I'm not very good um, at names of classical composers, but I guess that it's Rachmaninoff. Well, Russia, Russia produced a lot of good composers. Yeah, and he incorporates uh, these elements into his rock songs, ballads, and so on, and it sounds so good. Oh, I love when people do that. Yeah. Are you a classical guy? Um, I wouldn't say so, but um, I appreciate every time somebody plays it and then I just listen to it. Although uh, I wouldn't do it myself, like, you know, like play it for me to listen to. Yeah. I, I would go to a classical music concert. Yeah, me too, I have actually. been a couple of times. It was, it was okay. It was pleasant. Yeah. 
mm, for example, I have a friend and her husband is a, well, he plays the violin. He is actually a programmer, but also he plays a violin, <laughs> which is interesting. And he gives concerts sometimes and I've been to, to, yeah. And another, I have another friend and her husband is a guitar player, professional. He earns money from from playing the guitar and from teaching other people to do it. And I have been to his concert. They were doing Beatles covers and classical music as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My favorite classical musician has to be Beethoven, for sure. What was so interesting is how Beethoven and Mozart knew each other. So interesting. They, yeah. I'm really bad with the timeline, you know, yeah. of all of them. <laughs> I do recognize the names, but um, the work, the specific work that they've done, well, or they did, mm, no, yeah. can't name any. Well, Moonlight, Moonlight Sonata. Sonata. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the most famous one. It's yeah, a classic. Yeah, the different symphonies as well. Yeah. Um, let's move. Well, so we've talked a lot about rock. Um, what about heavy metal? Are you a fan of heavy metal, Maria? Um. Mm, I wouldn't say so. Uh, yeah. No, uh, I wouldn't. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that the genre where there's a lot of screaming? That's, that's deathcore. Death yeah. Well, oh, heavy okay. metal uh, was probably derived from hard rock, uh-huh. which derived, uh, which had derived from rock. So it's like all the line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually love heavy metal and all that. I don't, rem- I don't really like the... You know, the songs where there's a lot of growling, as they call it. Yeah, growling, yeah. Is then you're just like, I have no idea what is being... Well, well heavy metal said. is fine, but uh, what, uh, black metal, speed metal, it's maybe too hard to my liking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's I just don't see it as music. I had some friends at school who loved... Well, actually, it was just really two friends at school who listened to deathcore music. And it was just <laughs> every time they would have it in their headphones and you just hear all this growl and oozing. I have to say though, of- I have been through a phase in my teenage years when I used to listen to that. Yeah. Now I just, you know, looking back, I'm like, oh, oh, how? So yeah. it was a phase. It is quite funny. And the the names of the bands are absolutely hilarious. There was this one band my friend listened to. It's called Dying Fetus. It was what? just <laughs> really creative. It was the, I must say. Yeah, it was the absolute worst name for, or best worst name for a band. Oh God. Yeah. Um, what about hip hop and rap? Are you? Well, aficionados of hip hop and rap. For well, maybe not the pure genre, but a mixture. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For example, I like Twenty One Pilots. They are electronic hip hop, uh, soft rock, something. Well, a mixture. And uh, let's say, uh, well, mm, that's it. Maybe. Well, Eminem is good. He is really good. Eminem really is good. You know, I think that these days it's kind of hard to distinguish between the genres. Yeah, there it is, is no, blurred. No, yeah, yeah. True. So well, there are many different not... subgenres of hip hop and rap, and I'm no in no way an expert. I think that, you know, musicians these days try not to limit themselves to one or two genres. Mm -hmm. So they just create whatever the genre is. But then there are special people who... Who tell them, okay, so you sing in this genre. Yeah, you fall into this category or you don't. Well, yeah, that's how subgenres are formed. They organically shoot out of, yeah, of other genres like dubstep came from dub, which came from reggae. 
which oh came from God. ska. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of musicians also experiment. They develop through throughout their career mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they can start from, uh, let's say, um, some hard genres and, and then they can become softer. And some fans accuse them of doing this. Uh, like Others even you jump have from one me. genre to another. I mean, uh, sorry for, you know, mentioning uh, Taylor Swift, but from country music to pop music, yeah. I don't know if that's uh, fueled well, by... Gorillas, money, but Gorillas is like the epitome of that. They've mushed together so many different genres from rap to reggae to pop to everything, really. Even the Beatles experimented a lot. Mm. Yeah, they can't be they, seen as just they, a rock and roll band. They went no. to India and they played around with the sitar, which is that Indian guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, with so rap- what was the question? Oh, so rappers, <laughs> so, so rappers, rappers, and hip hop, they kind of inspire a lot of violence in, in modern society. Um, I don't really, I don't know if that should be censored or not. Do you guys think it should be censored? Censorship in art is a very difficult question. Mm-hmm. But also, then again, what is art? And well, I, I, I think that art should not be censored. It's just wrong. It sounds wrong. Every person should judge for themselves, should understand. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, in England, there's a lot of, there's a big, and in America, there's a big problem with people stabbing each other and shooting each I other. I don't and, think that music uh, is the problem in I this don't case. think it is. It's like we can't yeah. blame video games for for exactly violent films this is not my opinion I do not believe Mm -hmm. that we should blame Mm -hmm. violence but a lot of people particularly when the Columbine shooting happened many years ago a lot of people blamed Marilyn Manson for right, for for this kind of violence instead of blaming neglect and everything they just yeah went the easy way yeah well guys let us know in the comments if you feel that rap music should be censored in some ways you feel it's responsible for a lot of yeah violence decay and violence in society i mean there's a lot of fun rap out there which is absolutely horrible and they talk about absolutely deplorable subjects like (laughs) i'm not going to go into detail i'm sure you guys can use your imagination but there is also a lot of intellectual rap yeah which is kind of new poetry and socially relevant that discuss, you know, real issues in society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some people say that it can help young, um, young troubled youth from, and it can distract them from I committing think, crimes. I think um, it's not the genre that's the problem per se, but the content. What are they singing or rapping about? It's more about the topic. I mean, the theme of the song more than the genre itself. Yeah. I mean, it can sometimes be used as propaganda to get people to do stuff. Well, I still don't think it should be censored, but mm-hmm. some people think it should be. So, yeah. Um, what about other electronic genres? Do you guys ever listen to house music, to club music? Sometimes, for example, left, uh, Daft Punk, I guess they are electronic and electronic, some kind of electronic music guys from France. Unfortunately, they stopped existing a year ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. I used to be a big fan of house music. It was, I mean, there's so many subgenres of house as well. And electronic music, I guess. I might be wrong, but I guess it started in France. That's interesting, but I guess. Like yeah. Jean-Michel Jarre mm-hmm. probably was one of the first in, the, in this field. Yeah. yeah. There's actually quite a lot of good music that comes out of France, electronic and 
not electronic. Also, a lot of good music comes from uh, Scandinavian countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sweden. Oh, Norway, <laughs> for example. Aha. Yeah. I like Aha. And they come from Norway. Or some um, rock bands, like, for example, do you guys know Nightwish? Oh, yeah. Like symphonic rock kind I of I loved thing. it in the previous... Um, before the oh god, what's her name? Before she left the uh, Tyra, the, Ty- Tyra Turunen, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure like how that. to pronounce yeah, 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 this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, difficult Scandinavian yeah, I names. I love Nightwish before she left. Mm-hmm. And what what other genres? K-pop. I'm not a fan of K-pop. I don't really. really I mean, know I anything. see that it's like a huge thing these days. You know, it's funny uh, because I used to be a, a big fan of it when I was in the Philippines. Um, I thought that K-pop was superior to American pop because it just has this, you know, vibe. Like, uh, even the the instruments that they probably use, they're of better quality. But right now, of course, um, I'm aging. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, well, I will quote him, that's not my cup of tea anymore. Or that's not my thing anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think K-pop is really popular, you know, among... Oh, like teenagers, late teens, early 20s. Right. Like that, in yeah. my opinion. I I, think- actually, I know uh, a lady, well, not, not okay, a lady who's in her 40s and she likes uh, K-pop and she also likes Korean um, soap oh, operas or I don't know dramas, what we call yeah. them. Yeah. And I just asked her why and she explained that when she feels down, when she feels very bad and miserable and so on and nothing else can... Um, make her feel mm, better. This is Korean pop and Korean TV series that help her. They are uplifting, she said. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't checked it for myself. Yeah. Well, my favorite genre as a kid, well, not as a kid, as a 18-year-old, I'd say, 17, 18-year-old, was reggae dub. Because in London, there was this huge cu- um, culture, subculture of reggae music. Do you know much about dub culture so the <laughs> well the, reggae is bob marley yeah 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 but okay <laughs> bob <laughs> marley it. is yeah it's old school stuff um, so in london there are several clubs where you can go to with huge speakers huge sound systems and and you have dub music is all about the bass tracks that mm-hmm. come from reggae and it was so fun the these dub nights they're called not dubstep but dub nights they would go from yeah, midnight till six in the morning, and it was really fun. You just spend the whole night <laughs> allowing these big speakers to <laughs> just verberate you, and it was really fun. So that was my favorite genre. Well, cool. so let's let's wrap this up. So, what would the world be like without music? Boring. Yeah. Impossible. Silent. <laughs> Colorless. Silent. Yeah, silent. And where do you think music is going to go in the future? What do you think our grandchildren are going to listen to? You see, I'm worried about that because now I think <laughs> I'm at an uh, at a particular age when I, I start to hate, you know, modern music because I can't relate to it. Unlike the songs that I used I to listen to. I think that's only natural, you know, for one generation to hate the music it, it, yeah, of the next one. Exactly. So that's inevitable. They're just going to listen to their music, whatever that is. And that's it. But... I'm pretty sure that no matter how many centuries later, Queen is still going to be a thing. It's still Queen. <laughs> queen is the Queen. I mean, I feel that music might get so minimalist that people might just be listening to 
elastic bands and mm. oh, <laughs> and no. metal clinking against metal. Oh. That, well, music uh, made by ASMR is AI. For, you know. Yeah, so it will become very primitive. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. I don't know. Let us know in the comments, guys, what you think. I mean, you can yeah. listen to your cat uh, sounds and uh, think it's music. <laughs> well, another thing, a second conditional sentence that we need to finish off with. If you could listen to one song for the rest of your life, what would it be? It depends how long the rest is. I guess <laughs> if it is like uh, years uh, five minutes, uh, then... Uh, it's one thing that if it is many years, I would probably choose something uplifting. And yeah. I um, once I asked my students uh, this, and if my life could go on for many years, yeah. I would probably listen to one of Robbie Williams' songs. Maybe yeah. The Road to Mandalay, because it's really uplifting and the tune is catchy and he's nice. He, he's a good, he has a good voice. So probably this. Not Radiohead songs, because <laughs> if I chose Radiohead, I would... Eternal like, depression. Uh, or I would uh, commit suicide in five minutes. <laughs> Something. I mean, it's cliche for me to say one of Christina Aguilera's songs, but uh, on top of my head, I would say Climb Every Mountain from the movie musical The Sound of Music. It's inspiring. It allows you to dream big and to tr try to reach for your dreams. I mean, mm -hmm. as cliche as it sounds, but I'd rather go with something that is truly inspiring yeah i would go with something uh uplifting and energizing so that's why i have no idea who sings that but there is a song which is called vivir mi vida which is a salsa salsa song so you know that's why you kind of want to dance when you listen to that i love this song yeah. since since the first day that i you know had my first salsa class oh cool so, what, what, what about, about you? you so i know it's quite a strange choice but I love the Grand Theft Auto theme song, the theme, ah. the theme melody to Vice City. I don't know if you guys know this, but... Oh, it's a I game can, of my teenage years. It's amazing. And the, the music they designed for this for this video game series was absolutely amazing. It's just the music, no Just lyrics. the melody, no lyrics. Mm -hmm. No lyrics. And Grand Theft Auto 3 has an amazing melody as well. So I'll you know, listen to it, both it once, um, I remember seeing a post that, like, try... Do your ordinary things, you know, have a walk or something with a Sims soundtrack. It kind of feels like you're living in some sort of, you know, utopia or something. Yeah. So that reminded me of that. Yeah. Well, guys, by the way, so for our listeners, we have a special podcast chat and you can find more information about this on our social media platforms. So if you want to discuss this topic or any other podcast topic, definitely do reach out to our special chat. And also you can check out our website, which is www.bigappleschool.com. We can find more information about the courses we offer and other interesting articles and podcasts like this one. So we'll see you next time. Thank you. And Thank you. Bye see for now. See you around.